March 25th, 1912. Abdul Baha left Alexandria on the morning of the Monday, March 25th, 1912. Although he had already bidden the friends farewell and had embraced most of them, many accompanied him to the ship, expressing their sadness and anguish at their impending separation from him. After visiting, walking about the ship, and receiving his cabin assignment, Admiral Baha went to the main hall where he bestowed his love, affection, and assurance on each of the friends. After an hour, the friends left the ship in tears. Then the SS Cedric, an Italian liner from the White Star Line, set sail, honored to be the means of the transporting the most holy being and becoming the focus of the envy of the whole earth. The ship left the port of Alexandria with a burst of steam and great fanfare. Abdul Baha's companions numbered six. Shoghi Afandi, Sayyid Asadullah Gumi, Dr. Aminullah Farid, Mirza Munir Zain, Agha Khosro, and his servant, Mahmoud Zarghani. report that Abdul Baha sailed from Alexandria, Egypt, March 25th, on the White Star Line SS Cedric, due to arrive in New York City, April 10th, has been confirmed. March 27th, 1912. An American came to see the master in the late afternoon and spoke to him about his travels around the world. Abdul Baha told him, You have traveled in this world. I hope you will now traverse the world of the kingdom and become a wayfarer in the realms of the spirit. The American asked whether the Baha'i faith accepted the Bible. Abdul Baha replied, This cause acknowledges the truth of all the books and all the manifestations of God. The heavenly teachings are composed of two kinds of commandments. One kind is concerned with the spiritual verities, with the perfections and virtues of the world of humanity. These commandments never change or alter. Each of the books and the prophet were the promulgator of these principles upon which all other religions are based. Hence, the foundation of all the divine religions is one. The second category of commandments is concerned with material principles and social issues. These are altered according to the exigencies of the age. For example, at the time of Christ, the social laws of the Torah were changed. March 29, 1912. Some American Baha'is who were waiting for the steamer boarded the ship to see Abdul Baha. Among them were Mr. and Mrs. Percy Woodcock and their daughter from Canada, Mr. and Mrs. Austin from Denver, Colorado, and Miss Louisa Matthew, a friend from London, who made the rest of the journey with them to New York. It became known 
that a group of physicians from Nepal was to board the ship to examine the eyes of the passengers. The ship's doctor had already given his opinion about the infection of Aghostro's eyes. When these physicians examined the passengers' eyes, they said that the eyes of Shoghi Afandi and Mirza Munir Zain were also infected and that they must leave the ship. The force of Abdul Ba and his companions and the American friends were of no avail and apparently were not in accord with God's mysterious will and plan. These physicians insisted that even if the friends continued their journey to New York, they would not be allowed to disembark and would have to return. Therefore, Abdul Baha asked the tree to obey. Plans are being made by some of the assemblies to send wireless messages of greetings and goodwill to Abdul Baha as soon as the vessel comes into the zone of communication from the shore stations. You're listening to the Journey West podcast, dedicated to following the travels of Abdul Baha in the West. Welcome to the podcast. Mary and I are so happy to join you again for the journey to America, and we hope you've enjoyed the articles on thejourneywest.org in preparation. For the next nine months, we'll visit you every two weeks for an update on the master's journey, covering topics such as race unity, gender equality, and many more. This week, we're going to go over some background on Abdu'l-Baha's journey to America and discuss issues related to that blossoming community. In December 1911, Abdu'l-Baha rested in Egypt during the winter months after his first sojourn to the West. On March 25, 1912, he left the East on a second trip, but this time to the United States of America. Since Abdu'l-Baha's release in 1908, the American believers begged for his presence in the West, but he insisted that he would not come until they achieved unity within the community. He wrote back to them saying, in view of the differences among the friends and the lack of unity, how can Abdu'l-Baha hasten to those parts? If the friends long for the visit of Abdu'l-Baha, they must immediately remove from their midst differences of opinion and be engaged in the practice of infinite love and unity. As described in Earl Redmond's book, Abdu'l-Baha in Their Midst, three ailments affected the American Baha'i community at the turn of the century, covenant-breaking, individualism, and racism. Covenant-breaking was the most severe of these tests on the young Baha'i community. As a short aside, covenant-breaking, for those of our listeners not familiar with this term, could be described as members of a faith who actively challenge its internal succession and thereby cause internal division. After the first Western pilgrim group visited Akka in 1898, Ibrahim Kerala, their Baha'i teacher, returned to the United States quite bitter after not receiving a prominent title or compensation for his great accomplishments in the West. 
Ibrahim's expectations had been dashed, and even his hopes for printing a book were not allowed as it contained incorrect interpretations about the faith by Ibrahim himself. His heart was hardening, and Ibrahim returned to America with the plan to undermine Abdu'l-Bahá and the role he played as head of the faith at the time. Much confusion and hardship resulted from these actions, and if it had not been for several steadfast believers, such as the Getzingers and Anton Haddad, who tirelessly worked to save the faith they loved so dearly, we might not have seen Abdu'l-Bahá's journey to the West at all. In the end, Ibrahim's influence faded to nothingness. This was a true testament to those early believers in their strength. For more information about this period, we suggest reading Lighting the Western Sky by Katherine Hoganson. As a conclusion to our show, today's reading will be The Prayer for America, revealed by Abdu'l-Bahá during his journey, read by Doug Moore. O thou kind Lord, this gathering is turning to thee. These hearts are radiant with thy love. These minds and spirits are exhilarated by the message of thy glad tidings. O God, let this American democracy become glorious in spiritual degrees, even as it has aspired to material degrees, and render this just government victorious. Confirm this revered nation to upraise the standard of the oneness of humanity, to promulgate the most great peace, to become thereby most glorious and praiseworthy among all the nations of the world. O God, this American nation is worthy of thy favors and is deserving of thy mercy. Make it precious and near to thee through thy bounty and bestowal. That's it for our podcast this week. A special thanks to Ivan Mihoti, our sound engineer, Sefer Fanian for playing Mahmoud, Doug Moore for reading The Prayer for America, and Rory Cunningham for playing The Reporter. If you'd like more information about Abdu'l-Bahá's travels in the West, visit our website at www.thejourneywest.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Journey West. Thanks for listening. Bye.